this summer. Your local movie theater will become a tent revival for proclaiming Jesus. And you're invited to be a part of this unique evangelistic campaign. Join with Believers Nationwide for the Million Souls Campaign to bring unsaved family and friends to watch the powerful new movie, The Firing Squad, starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. The Firing Squad tells the incredible true story about prisoners who find faith in the face of execution and transform their prison in the process. As the movie ends, co-star Kevin Sorbo comes on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ, providing an on-site opportunity to introduce family and friends to the message of Jesus. Go to FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how you can receive free tickets and more to the Firing Squad and participate in this unique theater event. Bring your friends and your family and bring your faith. That's FiringSquadFilm.com to learn more. First, let me tell you about Rough Greens. If you're a dog owner, we know how you feel. I love my dog. And I, I, you know, I didn't understand people when they're like, oh, my cat died and I can't come to work. And it's like, it's like, cat. but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Somehow or another, you've twisted that cat into something equal to a dog. And I know how much my dog means to me. I love my dog. And I want Uno to have the very best and to be in the best health. And, and shepherds don't live that long. He's, he's, what, nine now. He's getting to be an older dog, older than me, older than Biden soon. Maybe we should put rough greens on Biden's food. Come Not on, sure. Man. Come on. No joke. Seriously, folks. Uh, anyway, all the nutrients that he needs that are missing in dog food, you sprinkle it on top of the dog food and watch your dog. Just watch them. Uh, they change. Uno did. Stu's dog did. President Miles. Get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog to try out right now at roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. The extravaganza begins 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Oh, first let me tell you about Relief Factor. Give me 60 seconds and then I've got a lot to say about the president's speech last night. A few years ago, um, I could barely use my hands. Uh, if you watched us on The Blaze, we'd get people all the time, why is Glenn's hands all wrapped up? And I was tempted to say, lost him in a bandsaw uh, accident. It was really bad. Uh, but I, but now I don't have to worry about it. My hands work again. I can paint again and hold a paintbrush. I was afraid I was never going to be able to have a pen or a paintbrush in my hand ever again. Now, listen, if you're in pain, please listen to my wife because my wife said, Oh, you got it. And she sounds so much like that. It's, that is, I mean, it's one of the best impressions I've ever done. Or ever heard, don't you think, Stu? I thought she was in the room. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, she's like, you gotta try everything. And I'm like, honey, it's not gonna work. You gotta try everything. And I'm like, okay, I just can't listen to that voice anymore. It's like living with, 
Oh, my gosh. I can't even say like living with Hillary Clinton. I'm sorry, honey. I don't mean that. (laughs) Relieffactor.com. Call 800-583-84. Relieffactor.com. 800-583-84. Call him right now. So, man, I don't know about you, but I am so glad we got rid of that dictator, Donald Trump. Right? Oh, my gosh. He was such a dictator. Uh, Let me just share some of the audio in case for some reason, I don't know, you have a life and you you live in that strange world where you think the president of the United States doesn't have enough power to actually control your life. I mean, what are we? Some sort of a... Country run by, like, the Taliban, like Australia. Here's what the president said last night. Let's go to, uh, let's go to clip four, please. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Mm -hmm. It's Mm. about protecting yourself and those around you. The people you work with. Right. The people you care about. Right. The people you love. I love them. Okay, so it's not about freedom. Please. It's not about freedom. You're willing to exchange your freedom for security, right? Because you're going to deserve both if you do. It was something like that that Ben Franklin said. No, it's the opposite of that. Um, But uh, this isn't about freedom and your personal choice. Forget about my body, my choice. Forget about the fact that, for instance, I and millions of Americans... I've already had COVID. I had a very rough case of COVID. I was out for like two weeks and it went on for about a month. I just couldn't kick this thing. Um, I got all those, what I like to call follow the science antibodies. Now it might be confusing for some, especially if you watch. Uh, my wife thinks antibodies are a little different. Uh, she looks at my body and goes, mm, I think they're all alike. Um, uh, I, have, I have antibodies. If you've had a bad case of it, you probably have antibodies that are much, much stronger than any vaccine. But yet I'm not counted. I have to have a vaccine too. No, I'm not going to get a vaccine. I'm going to let my body work because it's my body my choice no offense your body isn't exactly working all that well uh you know do you know how much crap this body processes somehow or another keeps me alive this body is amazing uh so he announced his his mandate plan here he is cut five my job as president is to protect all americans stop stop no 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 i'm gonna look in the job description because you you take you raise your hand and you say, look, I'm the president. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and um, in just the other room. That's your job. That's your job. You're not there to protect all Americans. That sounds nice. And we'd like to believe that. But nobody can protect you. Are we going to stop driving? Are we going to get rid of dishwashers? Do you know that dishwashers are the most deadly appliance in in your house? Open dishwashers. Maybe we should make dishwashers that don't have openings. 
are we going to get rid of all pools? Is the president going to be lifeguard? You know, I've heard that when he was a lifeguard when he was younger, he had little black kids just, you know, stroke the hair on his legs. I do remember the story from Joe yeah. Biden. Yeah, yeah it was mm-hmm. disturbing. But I mean, if that's what you want. One of the single strangest stories I've ever heard in my entire life. Would you agree with that? I, I would. Yeah, I would say, yes, that's one of the string, uh, strangest uh, stories I've ever heard. And I'm just trying to remember all the stuff that I heard from my grandfather when he started to go to mm-hmm. oh, know, right. Night Night yeah. Lamb. Uh, because and he, that was in the same speech as the Corn Pop speech. Yes, it was. Yeah, Which, Corn Pop was... Uh, I think it's secondary, though, to the... Oh, the little black the children. The little that children in the pool his legs. Yeah. petting his legs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That Come was on, very... <laughs> no joke. I'm not making this up. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so his job is not to protect everyone because his job is to protect everyone's rights. It says in the in the Declaration of Independence, governments are instituted among men to protect those rights. That's what government is supposed to do. I know everybody thinks it's like I'm supposed to have a free ice cream cone. No, you're not. No, you're not. The first job is to protect people's rights. And that only counts when you hate it. You know how I know when God is telling me to do something there is no god i i know when god is telling me to do something because it always sucks <laughs> it always sucks it's never something i want to do it's like go help that person oh come on i feel like my teenage son every time god talks to me i understand how my teenage son hears me he said last night i said did you take out the garbage he said oh was i supposed to do that I said, only every Thursday for your entire life. And he's like, oh. And I know God does the same thing for all of us. He's like, it's not that hard, dude. Just do this. I don't want to do that. (laughs) When you are protecting people's rights, I can tell you they come from God and you, the ones that matter are the ones you're like, I don't want to protect their right to say that. I don't want to protect their right to do that. Uh, that's when you know you should do that. The president, is, his job is not to protect you, but to protect rights. And someday, I hope we don't have to learn this by losing all of our rights. But someday we will learn that lesson. And it's, it's amazing that we have to learn it. But I, I gave a speech last night um, for Louis Gohmert. Uh He was uh, having a birthday party and his uh, annual fundraiser. And so I went down there and I said, you know, I've been thinking about the Declaration of Independence. And there are eight words in there I no longer believe. And I used to really firmly believe them. I mean, I've done monologues on how much I believe that this concept to be true. I don't believe it anymore. And that is, we hold these truths to be self-evident. Those eight words don't count them. Um, Those words I don't think are true. Now, when they wrote it, they said, we hold these truths. So, yeah, they might have, but they're not self-evident. You have to experience 
the need of those rights before you really understand them. And I don't think Americans really understand those rights anymore. Self-evident hyphenated, therefore seven. Seven words. We you can never just let me be right, be right? You just never can just let it go. <laughs> I can just you? want the facts out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So as president, it's his job to protect. So what is he going to do? So tonight, I'm announcing that the Department of Labor mm. is developing an emergency rule to require emergency all rule. employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated. All right. Stop for a second. I just want to say I run the Mercury Studios. Okay, I don't run the Blaze. I run the Mercury Studios. And let me tell you this right now. If you want to come and visit, you want to work here in the studios, and you're afraid of anybody who's not vaccinated, you should find another job. I'm not going to fire you, but you should find another job. If you think that everyone around you has to live life the way on your terms, the way you think, I, uh, I, I think you should find another place to work because I'm not going to enforce that at the Mercury Studios. And I saw a tweet from the CEO of The Blaze, Tyler Carden, uh, and he said, I sure as something mm-hmm. <laughs> am not going to be uh, putting in a vaccine mandate. That's going to be really common, right? I mean, that's going to be uh, there's going to be a lot of companies who just say no to this. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Which will hurt our ESG score, you know. And how would this, how does this even get enforced? I mean, an OSHA complaint basically would come from an employee most of the time, right? Uh-huh. So if you have That's like. That's what they're counting on. Right. So there could be a liberal tattletale or, <gasps> or something who puts that in. And then you're going to have to deal with, with the, uh, with the associated issues. But I think, uh, I think a company like the Blaze, like Mercury Radio Arts is, is ready to. Is ready to fight that, right? Oh, yeah. We, uh, and I think there's going to be a, a lot of companies that are willing to fight that. Now, uh, let me just say, you used a, you, you keep using this word. You used an interesting word. I did. Yeah. Uh, workaround. Mm-hmm. Workaround. Mm-hmm. See, here's the thing about the Constitution. There are no workarounds. We all love the Constitution. We all love rights. But, you know, there are things we got to do. No, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Your oath didn't say I'm going to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America unless I need a workaround. And I, that's not part of it. It's exact. And if you want to change it, you have to amend it. There is oh, it's an old dusty document completely out of date. Well, good. Then update it. It has a system in it so you can update it. Well, I don't want to do that because that's so hard. Yeah, that's basically the argument against it. It's hard. Yeah. It's supposed to be hard. So uh, Stephanie Rule from the uh, White House, chief of staff, uh, they might regret this tweet. Quote, OSHA doing this vax mandate as an emergency workplace safety rule is the ultimate workaround for the federal government to require vaccines. Wait a minute. Hold on just a second. They're admitting right now, this is a workaround the Constitution. Mm-hmm. 
are are they this stupid? Are they this <laughs> arrogant? I mean, it, they would make the same argument about us with the Texas abortion law. Now, of course, the abortion is not in the Constitution. That's ridiculous. But still, that's what they would argue. My right us. to my <laughs> right to abort a baby is in the Constitution. <laughs> right. I think right. it's part of the quartering of horses. Mm. It's in that one. The, yeah, that's that's odd. I, I think one thing that is worth talking about, though, yeah, is people ask us all the time, why do we talk about like these foundational issues i know they're so tired i know people are like oh stop talking about the constitution what yeah. is the con like seriously this isn't oh, we used a real to make fun of no. people that carry the pocket constitution sure i feel guilty every day that i'm like i don't have the constitution with me i don't know what i mean we should all know it do you know most people have never even never, read it never even read it it's not that long. No, it's, it's really not short. like, you know, and all it is is saying stuff that the federal government can't do. Right. But when you ignore that stuff over a long period of time and, for example, give power to a group like OSHA, I don't know what's going to happen with this rule. Honestly, I, normally I would say, ah, oh, this is going to get overturned. OSHA has a ton of power to regulate workplaces. And think of every dumb sign you've ever seen on the wall of a factory. Like, do not put forklift in I. You're like, what, why? <laughs> why do I have How a would that even work? I I now know. I want to try it. Can I get that forklift in my eye? I'd like to try it. OSHA has tons of power. I know and, they do. And that is a larger foundational conversation as to whether we should have these nameless, faceless bureaucracies no, the, able to uh, do this. Answer, and the answer is no. The answer is no. This, this is what is, they can do with that power. This is the progress. That's why I've said we are now past the progressive era. We're now headed towards some sort of a dictatorship, authoritarianism. This is the progressive said they want to build a state so powerful with all of these Mm -hmm. offices and all of these unelected officials that the president can just say, yeah, go ahead and do that. And it would it would erase all of the constitutional boundaries. We're there, gang. Yeah, we're there. There's been a trendy sort of thing on with some conservative thought in that we need to stop talking about we that we need the government to be smaller or less powerful. Let's just do the right things with the government. Now, look, no. there's, some, there's something to making sure you can govern well. And when you have a program, it runs well. I understand all that. But this is why. Because now this 95-year-old senile buffoon can do whatever he wants. Because all of this power you know, has been sitting in his hands all this time. Can I just say? And I, 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 I hold out hope it'll be overturned, but it's not impossible this thing actually gets through. Now, let me just talk. Let me just talk about the term you just used. This. <laughs> no joke. I would like to say the man is senile. Um, I'm not using that as an excuse. This guy no. is engaged. He knows enough of what he's doing. He wants this. And by the way, yeah. you know what else he wants? For you out there on the weekend of September 11th to forget about Afghanistan. And if you don't to tell me that at least this is partially because he wants to gaslight the audience oh, yeah. and have everybody forget the bipartisan disaster of Afghanistan here. He's going to piss off conservatives and liberals will like him. Yeah. Well, but with Afghanistan, everybody was saying what a bad job he was. He was doing and he wants that off of the front page, off of off of your devices. Uh, well, I just have somebody coming up in about eight minutes. Uh, so use this time to forget completely about Afghanistan and, and uh, the anniversary of 9-11 tomorrow, uh, because in about eight minutes, I'm going to remind you because there's somebody who went to Afghanistan, did some really good stuff 
uh, and the president didn't like it at all. A lot of people didn't like it. I do. I he saved people. Uh, I know. Wow. I know. You're not supposed to do that. We'll get to that in 60 seconds. Did, First, did the Taliban say it was okay? I don't know. The oh. State Department is still waiting for permission. Oh, okay. Still waiting Good. for permission. Good. Uh, you ready for this one? Yeah. Uh, in one of my last updates of the day yesterday from Afghanistan, we might have to wait a couple of days because there's a couple of holidays for the Taliban, uh, and they may not be able to get anything done. Oh. And I'm like, really? What are the holidays? One's a Muslim holiday, and the other one is September 11th. Oh, it's my God. It's a holiday for them. Oh, my God. Let me tell you about VidAngel. I mean... <laughs> Would it be great on this show where you could just edit out all of the sad stuff and the tragic stuff? It would be the show would be about two and a half minutes, um, but it would be nice. Well, you can do that with all of the movies and TV shows that you watch with filters from vidangelbeck.com. And it just you go on the filter page and it says, you know, what do you want? You want some of this? You know, none of this. They don't have one this more of this. It doesn't have that. Um, but you can filter out all of the different things that maybe are offensive to you, but are not offensive to your neighbor. I don't believe in censorship. I do believe in your personal, my body, my choice, what goes through my eyes and into my brain and into the brains of my children. I think I should have a choice on that. And that's what VidAngelBeck does. Go to VidAngelBeck.com, use the promo code BECK1, and you can try VidAngel for a dollar for a month. I know you're going to love this, especially if you have children in the house. VidAngelBeck.com, only a buck. VidAngelBeck.com, 10 seconds, station ID. Holy cow. Uh, if if Bill O'Reilly doesn't have a brain aneurysm before he's on this program, he's going to be incredible uh, today. He's going to have a lot to say. Oh, yeah. But the news may he may pop up a major, major vessel in his head because uh, I know I almost did. But he's aged. You know what I mean? Oh, OK. So. Mm -hmm. He's frail. Looks pretty spry compared to the president. I'll tell you that. He does. He does. He does. Uh, I mean, Don Imus looks spry. <laughs> Today. 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 Uh -huh. Don Imus looks uh, spry. <laughs> compared to the president. <sighs> uh, let me just play one more thing. Um, and I'm glad, again, we got rid of that dictator, Donald Trump, because we don't like dictators. Could you play cut eight, please? My plan also takes on elected officials and states that are undermining you and these life-saving actions. Right now, local school officials are trying to keep children safe in a pandemic while their governor uh -huh. picks a fight with them and even threatens their salaries or their jobs. <gasps> Talk about bullying in schools. I know. If they'll not help, if these governors won't help us beat the pandemic, uh -huh. I'll use my power as president to get them out of the way. Now, here's the good news. What on earth? He doesn't have know. any power to do that. So, I mean, <laughs> he thinks he does. Oh, he thinks he does. He thinks he does. Scary. Have uh, you ever heard a president talk like that never, about American citizens? Never, never, never. We didn't play some of the bad parts. Yeah. We didn't got to him yet. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
So you walk up to the guy standing behind the counter in the electronics department. You lay your wallet down on the counter and say, Gee, mister, I'd sure like a pair of earbuds so I could listen to some tunes. So he takes your wallet, takes everything out of your wallet, smiles a little, predatory smile. Then he hands you two small earbuds and look like a little hammer and sickle, really, quite honestly, except in white. Comrade, he says, in Soviet Russia and now America, earbuds listen to you. <laughs> that, I swear, is exactly what happened to me. Until I got Raycons. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life. I, I listened to them on the world's longest flight to the Middle East and back without charging them. So you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. And they're about half the price of Apple earbuds. They are great. You get also a 45-day happiness guarantee. So if you don't love them, send them back. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Buyraycon.com slash Beck. Buyraycon.com slash Beck. Save 15% on Raycons right now. All right, go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. It's mandated. Do it now. And You know, uh, there's people over there. In God we trust on the money. Why do we have in God we trust? I know. I think it's a little outdated. I think it's a little dusty. I'm thinking you're not the boss of me. What do you think? As our new national motto. You're not a boss of me Um, because that's exactly what the government is trying to do. They're trying to tell us exactly what to do. And they're trying to teach people a lesson. You don't have the authority. You don't have the power to make a difference. And I'm here to tell you, yes, you do. I I think actually we should adopt the slogan, the old uh, Barack Obama. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. You can. You can't control your own body. Yes, we can. You can't control your own state. Yes, we can. You can't go into Afghanistan and save people we left behind. Yes, we can. There's a congressman that has uh, been trying uh, hard uh, to get over to Afghanistan and save people. Uh, Last week, uh, he was reported missing and very irresponsible, according to the State Department. Uh, then he popped back up on the radar, and I'm going to have you uh, have him tell the story. Congressman Mark, Main, uh, Mark Wayne Mullen is uh, joining us now. He is the congressman from Oklahoma. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, Glenn. How you doing? I got to say, it's a, a pleasure to be on your be on your show. I've listened to you for listened to you for years. In fact, I met you a long time ago uh, when you came into Tulsa to do an event for KFAQ. That was oh my gosh. In politics. Wow! So, wow! Uh, well, thank you, and, an and on your show. thank you. It's an honor to have you on the show. I uh, I'd love for you to tell the uh, the audience exactly what you did and how difficult it was for a U.S. congressman to go into uh, Afghanistan and try to save people. Well, first of all, I, I just want to make it very clear. I went in as a citizen, not as a congressman. I, I wanted to make that. I, I, I went on a blue passport or so to say on a blue passport. Now, you need to have a passport to get in Afghanistan right now. But uh, and, and the State Department literally fought us every way. And every time I hear the president, I hear Secretary Lincoln, I hear General Milley or General McKenzie go out there and talk about a, every American that wanted out could have got out and how 
they were negotiating with the Taliban, which when, when did we as a nation negotiate with a terrorist organization? Right. Um, saying that, you know, they, they negotiated self-passage. All that is a flat out lie. Even when they go out there and said that they helped four Americans, Miriam and her three kids, get out of, of Afghanistan, that's a flat out lie. It was my team and I, and really my team that I was blessed to be able to work with because I'm the low man on the totem pole that worked tirelessly for three weeks to get her out. And not one time did the State Department help us. In fact, at one time, they told us that they weren't going to assist me in any way. And uh, and, and so it, it's it's a it's not even a, it's a it's a bold faced lie when they're saying this stuff and they have to be held accountable. But what's amazing to me, Glenn, is how many Americans, true Americans, um, veterans and non-veterans uh, and, and private individuals and, and, and companies and, and nonprofit organizations, including yourself, that have stepped up in a big way. And I want to thank you because we know you're out there and you're helping. We know that you have. You have put finances behind this, and uh, because there's all, we're a small group that's over there working still. Yeah, and we know who's over there helping. And I just want to thank you for what you're doing because you're making a big difference too. I mean, you're really poning up and, and helping in huge ways. And we've been trying to help you in the backside too, trying to get some I of know. those lights out of Messrs. Reef. I know. And um, in fact, we have guys out there that's working on. It, and I don't know if you know this, but we we I offered the State Department. I on one of your one of your planes. We offered the State Department. I spoke to him myself. I said, listen, if you're concerned about the manifest sheet let me use one and i'll put only amsets and sibs i'll give you a complete manifest sheet i'll tell you everybody that's on it i'll give you a copy of their paperwork a copy of their passport we will put people on it and we will fly back with them and make sure the flight is secure and they still wouldn't give us clearance to leave and oh, it's, I, it's disheartening on uh, how that happened uh i will tell you the um, last week i don't know if you've heard this congressman but uh last week the state department openly laughed and mocked us they laughed yes, at us and mocked us. Uh, are you familiar with the story of where they I, said I that, yeah, we needed we needed a different kind of paperwork. We said, where where do you get that yeah. paperwork? And they said, the yeah. embassy. And we said, there is no embassy. And they <laughs> laughed, right. laughed at us and said, well, you're just going to have to work on that then, I guess. What? Do you know what they told me? They said, we don't control the airspace over Afghanistan anymore. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. Well, then, 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 then we don't need your permission to leave. <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? Uh, no, because you have to enter our airspace. Well, how do we get to that point? We can't help you on that. And it's absolutely absurd. I mean, why is this administration fighting us so hard to do a job that they failed to do? So, why is it? Do, why, are they, why are they doing this? Other than just the fact they're trying to squash the story and make it go away. I, so, I, I can't understand it. There are several reasons, and I, 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 I'm not sure what's right, but squash the story to make it go away. Teach Americans, don't you dare step out of line. You cannot go around us. If we say we can't do it, you're not doing it, uh, which is unbelievable to me. Um, the other is, I mean, then you get down to things like, I don't know, they're evil. I mean, the, some of the <laughs> stuff that's going on is when you're mocking people who are trying to save American lives as well as the lives of women who have been promised to be brides of the Taliban yeah. and you are mocking them, doesn't that kind of fall into the category of evil? I, 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 I will be real quick to say it has to be because who, who could do this? You know, we got, we got, we have, 
we've got four Americans out. The team that I've been blessed to work with, we're the only ones that's actually got the Americans out so far. And we had to take her over 300 miles and her three kids across the land through Afghanistan, which isn't easy to do, to finally get her out. And three o'clock in the morning on Labor Day, I'm on the phone with her while the Taliban has threatened to kill her, to kill her if she came, if she tried to approach again. We have guys on the other side of the bridge negotiating with the Taliban, and I hate to say it, but trying to re- trying to get her released, trying to convince them that they're American citizens right. and they should release them. Right. Uh, and, the, and the State Department said that they did that, which they didn't. But here's another thing. Right now, as we speak, we have 23, the team that I'm working with, we have 23 AMSETs, American citizens, in safe houses. And you know a safe house in that area is only safe until the first time you use it. Yep. Uh, getting supplies is, is nearly impossible. We can't get any type of medication. And I've got a young girl right now. I've got a mom and two, and two young ladies, two young girls. The, one of the young girls has severe infections in her legs. The State Department knows this because we, we she was in Kabul and we were trying to get the State Department to help us get her through the gate because of her severe medical need. And they couldn't help us. We've had to now transport her to another country. And I'll tell you where she's at. She's in Caduce. Um, and we have her up in a safe house, and we, she can't move anymore. So we're trying to negotiate a helo that can go in and get her. So we, we've developed a HLZ to land, but we're honestly – we're, it, it's expensive, and and we're we're we're, we're short on resources. All right, wait, you, uh, you're not anymore. You, hang on after, and we'll get you the resources. Hello, you're going to make me emotional, Glenn. Uh, I, I've I've literally taken this personal, and uh, that touches me. Thank you. Uh, but but we've got to get her out. I mean, she may have already lost her legs, and we can't get the State Department to help us. And so when you say evil, how how can you not? Because they know she, we've sent pictures of her legs because they asked us. We sent pictures of her of 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 her passport. They know who she is, and their 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 argument is is they can't help because her mom has a legal green card. She's legal. She's legal to be inside the United States, but she doesn't have a passport because she's only got her green card. And they're saying they can't help. But both her daughters have passports. Um, and I'm like, so you're saying that we got to leave from we got we get we can take out the girl, but we can't take out the mom. And they said, no, we can't say that. Well, so how what are we supposed to do here? And they couldn't give us an answer. It, it and this kind of stuff has been so disheartening. We 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 have fought them literally every step of the way. I know, Glenn. I know. And it is. And it, it shouldn't be this way. They shouldn't be doing this. Even the the story that they leaked about us by saying that they I was lost in Afghanistan. I was never lost in Afghanistan. I knew exactly where we were at the whole time. Oh, they were uh, making you. Uh, we were them. we were watching you. And when you went dark, I knew why you went dark. But the State Department started leaking things that you were irresponsible and you're lost and probably dead. And this is what happens. And you're like, are you rooting for the man to die? Yeah. I mean, what what ended up happening to me is that I had to immediately get away because all of a sudden my face gets plastered all over international news. And no one knew who I was. I've never been a showboat member of Congress. I'm not I don't do that. I don't. I'm passionate about what I do. But I'm not. I'm not out there trying to grab headlines. And uh, and and so. And, and by the way, I don't really look like a, 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 an average member of Congress. I've got a big old beard, and I'm not exactly. Well, you're you're I'm breaking up badly. Back. Hang on. Did you walk someplace, or you're breaking up badly? No. Can you hear me now? Uh, no. Um, I tell you what. Let me take a quick break, and I'll come back with you. Let's let's fix this. <clears throat> I don't recognize my country. <laughs> I mean, I've been saying this for years that there are going to come a time you don't recognize your country. We are not only do I not recognize it, we're on the wrong side. 
um, for the first time in my life, the United States of America, I believe, is on the wrong side, knowingly on the wrong side. All right, let me tell you about AMAC. Um, AMAC is 2 million members, 2 million plus. I think they're, they're approaching 2.5 million right now. When you hit the magic number of 5 million members, you have such a big stick uh, that you can wield in Washington. Uh, that's why it's really important. If you are looking for discounts, you're over 50 and you're looking for the insurance discounts and travel benefits and everything else. Please, please join the Association of Mature American Citizens. AMAC is, um, I, I know the founder, and it was happening during Obamacare. And he was like, this other group is selling you out. They're selling the citizens out knowingly. This is not going to be good for them. And uh, he couldn't believe it and decided to start his own um, uh, mature American citizen group. And he named it AMAC. And it does more than just give you all of the benefits. It actually stands for what you believe in. They were instrumental in stopping the passage of House Resolution Number 1 and engaged their uh, members. So you want to be engaged and you want a way to fight back. Join AMAC. AMAC. A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Beck. That's AMAC. Dot US slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. Representative uh, from Oklahoma, Congressman Mark Wayne Mullen, um, who just got back from uh, Afghanistan, uh, helped save American citizens, still trying to help save American citizens. Um, welcome back to the program, sir. Thank you for having me. Um, and uh, sorry about that bad connection. I was just I'm having to work off Wi-Fi. Yeah, no, not a problem. Um, so they made you. I, I saw this. Um, I saw this line from you. You said I was. It wasn't just me trying to be a cowboy. And I would just ask you to reconsider that. I think you were the ultimate cowboy, and I mean that in a good way. I trust cowboys. Cowboys know what honor and integrity is. Their word is their bond. They don't leave. They don't leave an animal behind, let alone uh, one of, you know, a person behind. They do the right, right. thing. Uh, and that is the, the embodiment of the American spirit. And so I think you were a cowboy, and I mean it in the best of ways. Well, I, I, I appreciate that, Glenn. But listen, I was working with some just great Americans. I mean, these are veterans. These are tier one operators. These guys, when they're not uh, doing what they're doing right now, what their what their real job is, which they volunteer their time for, is to go get um, young men and young women out of the sex trafficking that had been kidnapped um, or sold into to the rings, and they do it all over the all over the world. And that's what and it's called the Sentinel Foundation, and that's what they do. Uh, and they are they're non political; they don't get involved in it. But I was blessed enough to be able to to work with them, and so. Uh, I all I couldn't you know I was all I was trying to do is be an asset to these these professionals. It's what they do, and the idea that I was able to work with them, I'm blessed. But they are the you know people want to say you're Rambo. These guys are they 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 embody that that yeah. personality, and, and there's great people. I I I will tell you I've never seen senators and congressmen as powerless as they are in the government. The the State Department's not afraid of. No. Packs of senators and congressmen working together. 
No, I, I truly believe the reason why they had they released that ridiculous story and even said that I was lost in Afghanistan, which wasn't true, was because they wanted to get a headline. They wanted to put the pressure on me and make me leave because they knew what was going to happen. They, they, they are absolutely trying. But that's what a socialist country is, right? A socialist country isn't about for the people, by the people. It's not, it's not about the people that are actually elected. It's about the top few. And that's what this administration has mm. taken. And I would have never thought we would be to where we're at. But, you know, a socialist country, they go in and they start promising people everything. They start taking care of all their needs. And what they end up doing is they create a, a, a lazy nation. And then a lazy nation uh, um, becomes dependent on the federal government. And yep. when the federal government, they become dependent on the federal government. And then they don't care about the elected officials. It's just the ones that are up top that's literally signing the checks. And when and they, and they strip away the power of the people and they take it and they centralize it, and which is exactly what this administration is openly trying to do. I mean, they, they are embracing socialism and, and they, are, they will use anything possible, including the sold out media. Uh, that is not you, but the sold out, hmm. you know, the media yeah, that's yeah, yeah. going to corporate media just do whatever they want to and put out I, their message. I, I will. Mean, MSNBC shouldn't even be on the air. I will tell you, well, they have a right to free free speech. Um, the what's what's crazy to me is um, Joe Biden being so bold yesterday, saying he will get those governors like Greg Abbott uh, out of the people's way on his new uh, vaccine mandate. You have quite a job ahead of you. To hold the right. hold tight to the Constitution, and and we have to. Even them threatening um, employees uh, that have over 100 employees. Well, my wife and I, we've been blessed, and we have we have you know well over 100 employees. Uh, and and my employees don't want to. Be, I mean, the employees that want to be vaccinated get vaccinated. Yeah, I, I don't say don't, but you can't force us to do that. If you don't want it, you shouldn't have to do it. But that's what the government is saying. We're going to force you to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, Congressman, thank you so much. Hang on the phone. I just want to make sure that we have uh, each other's information uh, so we can help you in any way we can. Uh, Representative Mark Wayne Mullen, the congressman from Oklahoma, on his efforts in Afghanistan. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about Built Bar. There's a new snack in town, and its name is Built Bar. Even if you spend just five minutes listening to me, uh, you know... I love food, and I love really good sweet food as well. Uh, And uh, protein bars, not my bag, man. You know, you be you, boo, but uh, don't drag me along with a protein bar. Here's the thing. These are protein bars that uh, are really good for you. Uh, They got all the fiber and the protein, and they're low-carb and low-cal and all that crap. They're a candy bar. I swear to you, you have never tasted anything that's good for you that's this good. Mint brownie flavor, salted caramel cookies and cream, nine amazing flavors. Try them out. Save 15% if you use the promo code BEC15 at Built.com. That's Built.com, promo code BEC15.
Hello, America. Welcome to the program. I'm going to ask somebody, somebody who is very fair, very honest, very frank, uh, to comment on this particular phrase that came from the president last night. My plan also takes on elected officials and states that are undermining you in these life-saving actions. Right now, local school officials are trying to keep children safe in a pandemic while their governor picks a fight with them and even threatens their salaries or their jobs. Talk about bullying in schools. If they'll not help, these governors won't help us beat the pandemic. I'll use my power as president to get them out of the way. Wow. I am going to ask one of the most respected voices in America for his opinion. And I'll ask Bill O'Reilly in 60 seconds. It's Friday. The Glenn Beck <laughs> Program. <sighs> I'm, I, I think I'm the only one that can needle Bill O'Reilly this way. I think he's the, uh, I'm the only one that he allows uh, to do this. Uh, it's time to fine-tune your uh, financial life. And what do I mean by that? It's, uh, I mean, it's time to get uh, out of paying the mortgage uh, people, the banks, more money than they deserve. It's time to give the mortgage consultants over at American Financing a call that I've been telling you to make for years. Saving people's money is what they've been doing for over 20 years now. They're a family-owned company who works for you, not the bank. And you could honestly be saving $100, 200 300 up to $1,000 every month. If you put your credit cards in and get rid of that high interest, you are going to save so much money. Just taking your interest rate on your mortgage from 4 to 3 is going to save you a buttload of money. Please, do the smart thing. Call American Financing today and just see if they can help you. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Mr. Bill O'Reilly. He joins us every Friday for his uh, take on the events of the week and what a week it has been. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com, where you can watch his no-spin news every night. Hi, Bill. Beck, I'm outraged. You are lumping me in with respectable Americans? I, How dare you? How well, I, dare you? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I, I, it, it, was a, it was an oversight of I my mean, that. I know. That should alienate I know. everybody listening to us right now. Does anyone in your life, and I know this is a waste of time for most Americans, but I am curious, does anyone in your life give you more crap than me? Uh, yeah, there are, there are people who specialize in annoying me. No, um, I know that. But I mean, I mean that like you, not that I like uh, you. Oh, I don't know about yeah, that. Okay. I don't know if you like me. <laughs> Stu doesn't. I know Stu doesn't like me. Not a big okay. fan. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, anyway. in a local, in a local community college here on Long Island, they have a course, Annoying O'Reilly. Yeah. Right, okay. I, I believe that actually. Yeah. Um, all right. So Bill, let's start with the president's speech last night. Your overall mm-hmm. thoughts. Complicated issue, complicated matter, Um, and everybody should try to be unemotional, and I know that's never going to happen, because now the vaccine is political and emotional. So I'm a simple man, as everybody knows. You don't get simple Simon met the pieman. I am Simon. Okay. I'm the pieman. 
but uh, <laughs> the first thing is that the pandemic COVID Delta variant is spreading because of unvaccinated people. That is a fact. And I know the anti-vaxxers never going to admit it. I know it. I understand. But that is a fact. Got it. So when you have 80 million Americans who won't take the vax, mm-hmm. um, they're going any kind of a strain, any kind of a variant of COVID is going to harbor in that community. And then from that community, it goes into a whole bunch of other places. In this one, the Delta has gone into children. Now, I get maybe a thousand letters a day, and a lot of the letters say, well, if you're vax, what do you care about me not being, you know, that kind of thing. And I don't understand why the big picture isn't put forth. So it's not that I'm afraid, all right, it's just that our country is being hammered by this COVID and it extends into everything that we do. Okay, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Let, let's hang on. Let's let's separate COVID from what is being done to our nation because a lot of it is being done by the federal government. But you have uh, wait, to wait, wait, start wait, with wait, why. Wait, you, wait, wait, back, 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 back. No. Wait. In in order to an, analyze this like politically, it. you have to start with the problem. Define the problem. I was That's going what to. Biden right. didn't didn't do i know you uh, i was going to but i was rudely interrupted (laughs) uh here is the here's the thing let's write a movie for a second about a pandemic if we are in hollywood we want to make a good movie about a pandemic do we use covid as the disease that's spreading no 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 this is no, not, not this is not one where we ab- a zombie. It's right. not one that we abandon all rights, all common sense and abandon the constitution. We just don't do that. Now, I can see ones that maybe we would, you know, Ebola comes by, I'm for the max uh, the the vaccine mandate, I think. I I think I'm for that. But it's going to be something a lot more deadly than this one before I flush everything down the toilet and we're flushing and a, everything that's down the a toilet. good analysis that's a good analysis well, i don't you. disagree with that analysis at all Fame winner okay but what what you have to do is you have to understand the problem and the problem is that the covid variants or whatever comes are not going to be able to be suppressed with 80 million Americans unvaxxed. That's the essential problem. So therefore, this is ad infinitum. That's Latin, Beck. Ad infinitum to infinity. It Mm. never stops. Mm -hmm. Now, I know people and you know people who did get vaxxed and they have COVID. All right. So those are crossover breakthrough cases. Sure. Not a lot of them, but it happens. All right. And the older you are and the sicker you are, the more you can die. So the president of the United States is up there, right? Mm-hmm. And he's reading from a script written for him. It's not I, like I'm not going to give this excuse for him anymore. I think he no, no, is no, no, aware no, no. enough. I'm telling you what okay. the fact is. All right. Okay. It's not like he sat down like you and I are, are, and discussed this. He, he didn't do that. All mm-hmm. right. Somebody gave him a, a script mm-hmm. and he read it. 
And in the script, he's basically trying to be a tough guy because he was a wimp on Afghanistan. That's number one. Mm-hmm. That was the motivation last night for the speech. Okay. I got my butt kicked in Afghanistan. I look like a weakling, but now I'm going to be a tough guy. That's number one. Because politics always, it's, it's not the science, not public health. Number one is, I'm trying to rehab myself. And then, okay, you start there. Number two, he has the right, as the leader of the executive branch, to tell all his employees who work for the federal government, you've got to give access. Has that right. All right? And he's using it. So that's 2.5 million people. That's the right to tell all military people they have to give access. So they're all out there, all right? Yeah, but now, they he, always, gave, I mean, he they... gave an out. You have to get texted every week if you won't get vaccinated. Yeah. He gave that out, okay? Mm-hmm. And that protects him legally um, from any kind of a, an intrusion. But he has the right to do that. Would I have done it? Probably yes. Um, because you have to start to send the message that this thing has got to be contained. But I would not have done the private industry part of it. Then you overstep. And then he says, well, I'm going to get those governors. I'm going to slap them down. Okay, uh, Adolf. Okay, that's great. Joseph Stalin, hey. That's what they did. They took all the power away from anyone else and centralized it in their own crazy world. That's what Biden sounded like, did he not? Oh, yeah. I've never heard a president say anything like that. I mean, you know, and our patience is running thin on 80 million right. Americans. You better toe the line or Holy I'm going to come cow. in here to Idaho and kick your butt. Okay, thanks. Um, that's why we have 50 states, because the founders didn't want somebody like you basically being a dictator. Exactly right. Thank you. But there are a lot of components to this that are lost in the emotion. Okay. I'm really not emotional on the, I don't think I'm not, I'm not emotional on the vaccine. Um, You know, members of my family have had the vaccine. I encourage those who are, uh, you know, at real high risk to have the vaccine. I will not allow my children to take the vaccine. They're not at a great enough risk. Uh, I would take the vaccine if I didn't already have the antibodies. And I have talked to doctors at Johns Hopkins uh, hospital who do this for a living. They're like, you are, you're great with antibodies. Don't know Did how long those, you how long yeah, they said, you'll be protected. They said, when you start to see other people, they said it may, you know, the, the, the Spanish flu, people had antibodies when they died at 80 years old. Um, however, each is different. And they said, it, you have to just watch when people who had bad cases of it, like I did, when they start getting sick again, I recommend you get the vaccine if they start getting uh, sick again. But there is there there is absolutely no room. I'm an outlaw because I'm letting my body do what we allow our bodies to do all the time. And they won't even recognize the antibodies. Won't even recognize it. The reason they won't recognize it is because of medical privacy. And so you can't compel. I'm just telling you, I'm not justifying it. Back, calm down. (laughs) Let's not get emotional about it. I know, but they don't care about medical privacy when you have to have a vaccine Uh, uh, passport. Fine. Fine. I'm just telling you why they don't do it. 
because you can't have a uniform code that you show you had COVID. All right? That's illegal. You can't do it. So that's why they veer away from that into the mass vaccination. I'm not endorsing it. I'm just telling you the why of it so people understand. Somebody is cranky. You are cranky this morning. <laughs> you are cranky this morning. I'm just pointing it out. Okay, so will this stand? Well, there would be lawsuits, no doubt, in the private sector, for sure, probably. And Noam, the uh, governor of South Dakota, has already said, you know, we're not going to do what you say, and we're going to sue. And so there will be, yes. I mean, I'm not. There will be. My, my company, my studios, look, if you, if you want to get a, 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 a vaccine, go get a vaccine. I support you. Go get a vaccine. If you don't. Uh, you know, and as long as you're not sick, I mean, when people get sick, they go away and they're, they get tested and they're away until they have clean tests just because that's what we do. But we choose to do that. Um, and I don't even have to ask people. They do that. They self-isolate because we're responsible people. But I am not going to force people to take a test every week because the federal government tells me to do it. You know, and he said, well, you know, General Motors is doing this. General Motors is getting bailouts from you. General Motors well, is a big Disney enough country to the, have this. Yeah, Disney was a big one. But oh. if you don't follow the executive order, then the Department of Labor can find mercury. And so they can, and that's what they might do if they find out. Well, as long as I can find a John Adams that will stand up and defend this despicable human being and his company called Mercury, as long as there's a John Adams within the sound of my voice that will defend us, I will fight it in court. Because yeah, and you don't have and you'll a right. you get someone to do that for you. Um, and it will be a, uh, a, a brawl. And then it comes down to the Supreme Court, because that's where it will wind up. And Roberts will vote for Biden. Yep, I know he will. I know he so will. So you got four, four Bidens. And uh, five, I would say you got the, the wild card there is Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh will probably just swing vote on it. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, coming back with more with Bill O'Reilly in 60 seconds. Bill O'Reilly's uh, latest book is Killing the Mob. Sold over a billion copies, I'm sure, worldwide. Um, Connie lives in Nevada. Uh, she had some bad news a while ago. She was told nothing could be done for her back and hip pain that had been plaguing her. Pain just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And when somebody tells you there's nothing they can do, People go one of two ways. You either just resign or you're like, to hell with you. I'm not living this way. Um, she saw an ad on television for a relief factor. And she was like, I got to I got to try it. She was not hopeful. I wasn't either. I think most people are at the end of the road when they try relief factor. Should try it actually first. But uh, she said she went back to work within two days. Her pain began to subside. She kept going with Relief Factor. These days, she reports that she has no pain. That's amazing. She goes to bed at night, pain-free, wakes up the next morning, still pain-free. Connie got her life back. So could you. Try it. Just for three weeks. After three weeks, if it's not working for you, probably is not going to work for you. 70% of the people who try the three-week quick start 
Go on to order more month after month. You don't have anything to lose but your pain. ReliefFactor.com, 800-583-84. ReliefFactor.com, 800-583-84. 10 seconds, station ID. All right. Let me go to what I think is a huge story, would have been the only story American media was talking about had it happened to a Democrat. Uh, Larry Elder was walking down the street, a white woman in a gorilla mask. Uh, So let's just point out, it's a monkey mask, uh, goes and tries to throw eggs at Larry Elder. A Hispanic guard comes up and starts to push her away and she goes crazy uh that's kind of redundant with her she goes crazy on him and then a skinheaded guy who looks absolutely like a nazi comes up and starts bullying the uh, security guy and then calls him boy wow (laughs) where's the media on this one well we talked about this last week So the media is not going to cover the news when it reflects poorly on the progressive movement. It's not going to cover it. So how is because they are covering Larry Elder, but they're they're calling him, you know, all kinds of all all kinds kinds of of names. Um, But but what so what is this? Is California too far gone do people not see things anymore? I mean, I, I saw this. No, everybody knows how bad this is. Uh, Californians are hostage now to uh, an ideology that's taken root in their state, the progressive movement. Now, I was happy to see Villanueva, the sheriff of L.A. County, say, well, I'm going to investigate this woman because this is outrageous. And she did commit a crime, Make, actually committed two crimes, a bias crime and an assault. All right. But once Villanueva arrests her, then the district attorney out there won't prosecute. Okay, so we all know that. We know the system is corrupt. And and I made this point a couple of times. I made it on BillOReilly.com this week. What the corporate media in America have done is take what Putin has done. It's exactly the same. Exactly. How do you mean? So. Putin will not allow the Russian media to report anything that makes Putin look bad. Right, but they, they there are there are journalists there that try to tell the truth, and he kills them. And then them. they get stabbed with poison and right. die. Right. Okay. Right. So I think that message got out. <laughs> you know. Um, so what Putin did is what the corporate media in America and the social media as well is doing censorship across the board if this makes biden look bad like the call to the um afghan president ghani makes Mm. him look bad they're not gonna really report it if the woman uh obviously obviously if this were done to a progressive african-american that woman be in chains so we know the fix is in what we don't know is how the whole thing can be fixed Because you can expect for the next three and a half years and into the campaign that the corporate media will be in the tank for Joe Biden. They are not 
going to report things like this. Now, in Afghanistan, they had to. Okay, so it's an international wait, wait, story. I'm going to get to Afghanistan here in a second with you. I just have less than a minute, and I want your your thoughts on California. Any chance that uh, Gavin Newsom is kicked out of office next week? There is a chance, but with a hundred million dollars in media buys, it's crazy. Yeah. So the low information voter, the people who don't know anything, the people who smoke pot around the clock, they're going to hear these ads. And, and they're all scare ads. Oh, if you let uh, Newsom out, you're not going to get your welfare check. You're not going to get this. You're not going to get that. That's a lot of buy, $100 million. Mm. And that's how much money's got. So that tilts it. Your prediction? Do you want to make a prediction? You know, I in the, in the first go-around, I said he was going to lose his job. I'm going to stay with that, but wow. I think I'm going to be wrong. I might I might be wrong on it. I, I hope you're not. I hope you're not. All right, back with more in Afghanistan next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Don't you wish that your afternoons could be like Joe Biden's and your mornings? You show up at 11 o'clock, you... You're in bed by three in the afternoon. You can run away from a press conference, uh, yet you can do it quickly uh, and safely so you don't fall down. 4.30, you're watching Matlock. 5.30, Matlock again. Back-to-back episodes, you know. Don't want to miss anything. It's fantastic. Then your little pudding, uh, some ice cream. Day's been good. 6.15, you're sleeping like a lamb. If you have a my pillow and some of those Giza sheets. Now, I don't know. If our president is is sleeping in that kind of luxury, but he should be because he spends a lot of time seepy seeps. Giza Dream Sheets are on sale now for a limited time at 50% off of the promo code Beck made with Giza cotton, softest cotton in the world. And they just got softer the more you use them. Every time you sleep on them, every time you wash them, they're softer. 60-day money-back guarantee. So try them. You're going to love them. MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials. Get the Giza Dream Sheets for as low as $49.99. Promo code back. MyPillow.com. Head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Coming up more next This is the Glenn Beck program. Bill, I want to ask you one more question about uh, the vaccine mandates as it relates to Afghanistan. Um, you said earlier that um, this is clearly just him trying to distract people. Um, however, I see everything that is going on. And, and again, I, I watch the news differently than most people. But I see things that are going on and the way uh, Afghanistan went and Everything that they do seems so minuscule. They're, we're worried about the kids in the school with the mask. It seems almost like a farce to me. Will this work for Biden? Um, his approval numbers will come up next week a little bit um, because it's a he his base wants as much COVID restriction as possible. So the the progressive movement, very liberal people, they love this. I don't really know why, but they love it. And so the independents that they poll who are liberal 
will probably seek, you know, see him better than they did over Afghanistan. So I expect he'll bump up a little bit on mm. it. You don't think people are going to see, I'm going to get your governor out of the way? Well, uh, the, the conservatives will, and the, the Republicans will, and the, and the traditional-leaning independents. What, they'll all, what they'll about all, all those people that said that Donald Trump was acting like a dictator, and we don't need a dictator? What about all those people? Yeah, but we don't need... A Trump dictator, but we'd love okay. to have yeah, okay. a progressive dictator. All right. See, look, wait, one more, one more point. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this is important. If you look at the whole world, all right, which I do because that's my job, all right, there has never been a socialist country that has not been run in a fairly totalitarian way. Sure. Never. And in order to get that in America, which is the end game for the progressives, they want socialism. You have to have a strong central government in D.C. that obliterates states' rights. And that is the overarch. All right, uh, Bill, let me switch to Afghanistan. Um, I've never seen uh, our government openly, openly standing on the wrong side of the lives of American citizens uh, like they are now. The State Department has crossed the Rubicon into I don't even know what. Um, there are many, many Americans that are still trapped there. And the State Department, by all accounts, I have not seen anyone that is a private uh, group that is trying to get these people out. There's no nonprofits, NGOs, not a single one that I have seen says anything other than this White House and the State Department are obstructing us every step of the way. And I believe that. I mean, you're in that. You know that. Uh, the Nazarene Fund is in that. I believe it. Um, and I can only guess at why, and the, that is they don't want to be embarrassed by these people now coming out because they couldn't get them out, right? So if Biden can't get the Americans out, but Glenn Beck can, what does that do? That makes Biden look pretty weak, right? So that's what you're seeing. So you think this is all about pride? Or it's always that way. That's the way our federal government works in most states as well. It's all about CYA. So Biden made a terrible decision about extricating U.S. forces from Afghanistan. There's no question about that. You know, 9-11 uh, anniversary tomorrow night, I'm doing a lot of interviews. And um, uh, the question is, are we safer now? And I say, yeah, tomorrow we're safer than we were 20 years ago because the USA was successful in eradicating al-Qaeda in Afghanistan and booting the Taliban out. So we had some control over that terror haven. And then, of course, we got bin Laden and then al-Qaeda collapsed. So, yeah, right now we're safer than we were the day before 9-11, 20 years ago. But in six months, when ISIS has, uh, will reconstitute inside Afghanistan, so will al-Qaeda. Training camps will be set up. Recruiting camps will be set up. All of that's going to happen. Are we going to be as safe six months from now? And the answer is no. I mean, is Anthony Blinken going to protect you? How about General Milley? <laughs> you want those guys out front? How about Joe Biden, the commander in chief? 
Oh, we'll do it over the horizon. You know, Mr. Biden, with all due respect to the office, you went over the horizon decades ago. You can't even see the horizon anymore. The Afghan journalists that were beaten for covering a women's protest, uh, there are pictures Mm. of these guys. I don't know if you've seen them, but they're... I have. It's... Almost, I mean, you you could barely look at these guys. the The bruises and the blood. Um, they could barely walk. They were kicked to the ground. Their heads smashed against concrete repeatedly, beaten with bludgeons. Uh, and this is the this is the group that the. Do, do you think the White House ever believed that the Taliban was going to be possibly different? than we all knew they were? No. I don't think Biden has any idea who the Taliban is. And by the way, the Taliban called Putin uh, to get his opinion on how they should handle a journalist. Um, mm-hmm. Those journalists were lucky they weren't beheaded. And they will they be, said, by the way. They said that. They, the one, yeah. they said and the they Taliban if said... They do it again, yeah. If they do it again, then it's beheading. This was just a warning. I mean, people don't understand or don't care... And, and the latter is, is Joe Biden. You know, if you're gay in Afghanistan and they catch you being gay or whatever, they're going to throw you off a roof. <laughs> you're dead. Um, if you steal, you're going to lose your hand. You get your hand cut off. Uh, if you're a woman and you look sideways, God help you. And I mean that literally. So, of course, Biden and and all the intel services in the Pentagon and the State Department, of course, they knew that. What do you think? These guys went to sensitivity camp, woke camp in uh, Napa Valley, California. The Taliban just kind of went over there. Oh, yeah, now we see we're we're woke. These these guys are savages. And there always will be. So are you saying that the the people that actually... You know, the thing I like about uh, David Horowitz um, is that he was a radical in the 60s and changed um, because yep. he saw what his policies, what he was screaming about, led to the deaths of all of the people, you know, uh, in the in in the Far East after we pulled out. And he saw that and he realized you people don't actually care about anybody. Do, do you th- do you think that there are any women that are looking at this and saying, wait a minute, I thought you guys believed in something or is it? No, I don't. I mean, I'm generalizing Why? now. I'm sure there are uh, I'm sure there are times up women and whatever else they're doing. But no, I, I, I really believe that people who allow ideology to consume them and this is on all spectrums. They lose sight of what's real, of what actually is happening, because they're lost in their ideology trying to justify everything they do. And so you don't hear women's groups in America saying, oh, the Afghan women. I mean, have you heard that? Have you heard Code Pink? I no, mean, I, I, I don't know. No. 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 I mean, none of them. Yeah. Uh, where's Alyssa Milano? I mean, I don't even know who that is, by the way. Is that a real person? <laughs> Alyssa Milano. Uh, I, let I me, just see the name. All I the time. Was, was she in My Mother, the Car? What show was she in? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Bill, let me uh, wrap it up with this. 
20 years ago tomorrow, 9-11, your reflection on this? Well, I ran a clip of my report um, on Fox News last night on the No Spin News, and I wouldn't change a word of it. Uh, that I, what I reported on 20 years ago, um, people could see what I did. Um, you know, my town on Long Island, uh, dozens dead. Uh, my children grew up with their children. If you lose a loved one, a friend, to violent crime, and that's what this is, of course, violent murder, that never, ever goes away. That pain is there with you your whole life. And I think that's a central theme of our remembrance. And obviously, we can't ever let that happen again here in America. And obviously, the progressive left is bringing us back to a time where it could happen again. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Make sure you join and uh, see his No Spin News every day at BillOReilly.com. Thanks, Bill. All right. Always a pleasure. Thank you. It's nice when the free market finally catches up to the corporations who take your business for granted, because up until now, there hasn't been anyone else that could compete. That's the case with the mobile companies these days. In the past, you pretty much had to go to one of the big mobile companies, because otherwise it was like having a tin can with a string and the string got cut with scissors an awful lot. These days, you have Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian mobile service. Not only do they operate on the same towers as the other companies, giving you the same great mobile service, but they have better customer service and they cost a ton less. Best of all, unlike big mobile companies such as Verizon, who donate to all sorts of leftist causes, Patriot Mobile donates a portion of your bill to conservative American causes. They're on your side. They're fighting for the Constitution. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck and switch right now. 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Beck. They always have special discounts for veterans and first responders and for multi-line accounts. You'll save a buttload of money right now. Support a company that loves America, loves our Constitution, shares your values, and is standing up and fighting for them. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're just previewing the uh, story that we're going to share with you in about 15 minutes. Um, A story I've never heard before. uh, And it is, uh, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. It's the guy who is working the ticket counter um, on September 11th. And gosh, he checked in, uh, everybody into the flight that eventually plowed into the uh, Pentagon. And he, a couple of guys came up late and said, like, we have to get on the plane. We have to get on the plane. And so he rushed and helped them get on the plane. And those were the hijackers. And the next morning he comes into work and somebody hands him the manifest and, uh, Nobody's talking to him. Nobody's even looking at him because he's the guy that checked him in. And he has spent years feeling like I killed everybody on board. I, I, I am. I'm not even thought of the guy who checked yeah. him in. Hearing a clip of that, I've never even thought of that perspective before. It would be impossible to deal with. Oh, my gosh. I, and he I, didn't, uh, by the way, didn't do anything wrong. He no, didn't, did like, nothing miss wrong. something he should have caught. It's just no. totally random. He happened to be the guy at the counter. 
and listening to him mm. tell the story and then tell what happened afterwards and how he carries this guilt uh, is phenomenal. Boy, there's somebody who needs peace. Uh, wow. Uh, so we are, we're going to share a couple of stories that you've never heard before uh, coming up um, at the top of the hour as we reflect on September 11th. As we are, as we are reflecting tomorrow on September 11th, trying to teach our kids, there are interviews and stories that you have to hear that we have done over the years uh, that are posted at glenbeck.com. And I urge you to share them with your kids so they know what happened. And, and we have some incredible stories. We have the story of a guy who was in the Pentagon. He was in his office having a meeting and he got up and said, you guys, I'll be right back. I have to go to the restroom. And as he was walking out of the restroom, the plane took out the side of the restroom and his office. So the plane was between him and his office and everybody, everybody was dead. Uh, and he caught fire, uh, and, and just tells this amazing story. You'll find that at glenbeck.com. You'll find the story of the guy who said, I was in my office in the World Trade Center and I was praying to God, give me a sign that I, I'm supposed to do more than just sit here and make money in this office. Tell me that, that there's a purpose for my life. His wife was in the other tower. Um, he got out. He got out. He had left a message um, with a friend and said, you know, I'm not sure that there's a reason for me to live. I don't know what is happening um, to me. And I, I just, I, I, I'm just questioning everything this morning. And now he is clear very clear you'll hear his story as he rushed down the stairs in the first tower and um and it collapsed all around him it's incredible incredible please share those stories with your children with your grandchildren take some time the 20th anniversary is tomorrow by the way it's now a holiday in afghanistan please Take the time to remember and gain some perspective on not only um, what this event means, but but what your life means, um, what America means, and how fragile we really are. You'll find that all at glenbeck.com. We share some of those stories that you've never heard before coming up in just a minute on this program. Stand by. just when you thought things were going to get a little easier um maybe you thought things were going to turn around a little bit well court packing is on the way uh right now and court packing is obviously a, an issue we've talked about quite a bit on the program uh, the people at first liberty institute have done a great job being all over this this is a great organization uh we've i've had jeremy dice on a, a million times he's a, a great dude and and these guys fight really hard to protect 
the constitutional values we all care about. The Supreme Court could take that away, obviously, as we've seen so many times. Uh, and packing the court is just a path to to put in every liberal fever dream they've ever wanted. Um, a lot of big organizations are fighting against this, uh, but real real power player here is First Liberty Institute. They need your help. Um, right now, um, you can join them. Uh, go to uh, supremecoup.com, supremecoup.com. Uh, sign your name to uh, help these leaders by September 15th. Don't miss out, supremecoup.com. Since the dawn of time, man has stood around a campfire and done the most powerful thing that man can do, and that is tell a story. Tell a story that is just a good story. Tell a story that you made up. The most powerful stories are the stories that are real and told by the person that actually experienced them. This hour, we're going to give you an update on our uh, rescue uh, attempts in uh, Afghanistan. But we're also going to take you right to where it started, September 11th. Some reflections and personal stories around our electronic campfire in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Oh, my gosh. Today, was it not the most beautiful morning ever? I was driving into work today. Uh, windows down. Just loving the just loving the cool weather. Uh, it is fall, at least in Texas, which means it was only about 80 degrees this morning. Yeah, which is beautiful. Yeah. Uh this is hopefully going to stay around. Uh, you're probably already uh, feeling it now. Fall is in the air. Uh, and this is a time where we can open up the doors and the windows and let the fresh air uh, come in. Blinds.com would like to help you um, ready your house for the next season. Blinds.com, they have professional design consultants for a fee they can help you pick out what you want, what you need. You can do it yourself, or you can have them install all of it uh, at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Tanya and I have used them several times. They're really, really great and really easy to uh, to use, and we don't install them ourselves, but we could. I think, actually, we did in one, two rooms. I think we installed ourselves because they were like, you can really do this yourself. And I'm like, oh, no, no, we can't. No, we can't. You have no idea. You know what I got my wife for her birthday just last Friday? A toolbox. I mean, it was one of the gifts. I'm not that bad of a husband. I get her a toolbox because she's like, I'm tired of not having a hammer, you know, trying to find something. I have no skills. Blinds.com will help you. Fall in love with your home all over again. Blinds.com. 
Shop now. Save 35% off site-wide. It's blinds.com for up to 35% off. Rules and restrictions may apply. Dave Icy is a uh, a friend of the program and uh, the guy who started StoryCorps. How long ago, Dave, did you do this? Hey, Glenn. Um, StoryCorps started 17 years ago. 17 years ago. And, um, And a lot of conservatives aren't aware of StoryCorps because they're generally have been carried on NPR, uh, but it's not a liberal conservative kind of thing. It's American stories, and they're all being preserved by the National Archives, and they are fantastic. And we wanted to concentrate on 9-11, and your archives must be incredible on 9-11. We do have a lot of stories on on 9-11, Glenn, and, and you're right about conservatives not knowing about StoryCorps. But thanks to you, that's starting to change, uh, which is really important to us, because, as you said, you know, we we hope to grow into kind of a national treasure, collecting the wisdom of who we are as as Americans. Yes. Um, Yeah. We've had a bunch of special initiatives, about a dozen through the years at StoryCorps. And our first one was with the 9-11 Memorial Museum. And we are working with them to record a story to honor every one of the lives lost on September 11th. Wow. Um, So we have lots and lots and lots and lots of of stories collected. Um, uh, You know, just honoring the, 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 it's, they're not so much about what happened on the day of September 11th, but finding out who that person was, who who was lost on that, on that um, terrible day. So I want to end with the ticket counter guy. Um, Tell me what else you brought to the table today. Tell me the first story you want so, to share. Sure. So um, we, we're, I'm going to I'm going to play. Th- th- this is these are tough stories. Just a warning to your audience, especially the first one. Um, this first story was recorded by a retired uh, FDNY fire department captain named John Vigiano. He had two sons, John, who was a police officer and Joe, a firefighter like his dad. Um, they were both killed on the attacks on the World Trade Center. On September 11th, 2001, John came to StoryCorps with his wife, Jan, to remember the two sons that he lost on that day. Here it is. There were a couple of days each year you were allowed to take your children to work. And Joe loved it. That was his birthday present, that he would spend the night in the firehouse. We'd have a cake, and the guys I work with, they would take a milk container, and they'd cut out the facsimile of a building, and they'd put it on the top of the cake, and then they would light it up. And they would tell Joe to put it out, and he would throw a pot of water on it. The birthday cake was a little soggy, but this is what he wanted. Joe started dating a young lady whose father was a police officer. And he come home one day, and he says, I'm taking a police test. I says, Joe, you're only 17 years old. He says, ah, no big deal. On the other side of the room, my son, John, wanted to be the next Donald Trump. He was going to make a million dollars and take care of his mother and father. But in 1984, I came down with throat cancer. He noticed then how my unit took care of us. And he says, I'm going to become a fireman. I says, you're kidding me. Firemen don't make millions of dollars. How am I going to live like a king? But I was very happy, very proud. My father had been on the fire department, and he was the first one to be issued badge number 3436. And they reissued it to my son, John. So the badge was only used by two. Both the boys uh, would call me when they were working. John would always call around 3.30, 4 o'clock. And that particular night, September 10th, we spoke for a few minutes. And I says, I love you. 
And he says, I love you. Joe called me in the morning and told me to turn on the television that a plane just hit the Trade Center. He says, I'm heading south on West Street. This is a big one. And I just said, be careful. I love you. He said, I love you too. That was it. We had the boys for John for 36 years, Joe for 34 years, ironically. Badge number 3436. I don't have any could have, should have, or would have. I wouldn't have changed anything. There's not many people that the last words they said to their son or daughter was, I love you. And the last words they heard was, I love you. So that makes me sleep at night. It is, uh, it's so unnatural to die before your children, um, but to lose two of them, the same tragedy on the same day is, in, in different roles, is, is just, um, I can't imagine the pain. Uh, there, was a, there was a story that you guys did at the ticket counter that we want to play, and set this up, because, you know, as I listened to this before you came on, I, I've never even thought of this guy, and what he's been walking around with is unbelievable. Um, and I'd like to hear an update on him if you have one after we listen to the story. Can you set this up? Sure. Uh, and I will say, you know, you and I talk about StoryCorps, you know, collecting the wisdom of humanity. And on that John and Joe piece, you know, when you hear him say the importance of saying I love you to the people who matter to you, you know, as those of us who are dads and moms, you know, when you hear a story like that, you're never not going to say I love you as the last thing you say to your kids yeah. ever again, you know, because yeah. it, it just reminds you what's important. Yeah, this is so this is this is a story that um, that's that takes place um, on September 12th. Um, it's a guy named Vaughn Alex, who um, very well may be a listener to this show, um, mm. who was who was working um, the ticket counter at Dulles Airport. He checked in two men who arrived late. He followed all the, the security protocols. Um, and the next day, he learned that they were two of the five hijackers who diverted American Airlines Flight 77 to crash into the Pentagon, killing 59 passengers and crew and 125 people at the Pentagon. Well, so this is Vaughn Alex coming to StoryCorps um, to talk about, um, about that day. Listen. I didn't know what I had done. It wasn't until the next day, September 12th, that I started finding out what happened. I came to work. And people wouldn't look at me in the eye. And they handed me the manifest for the flight. I just stared at it for a second. And then I looked up, I go, I did it, didn't I? I checked in a family. It was a retiree and his wife. I had time to talk to them. There was a student group. And I checked in a lot of those kids and parents, teachers. And uh, they were gone. They were just all gone. Once it became known, people didn't talk to me. And I, I had this wild kind of thing in my mind that everything that happened on September 11th was my fault personally, that I could have changed it. 
I, I felt there was no place for me in the world. There were all these support groups, and I didn't belong there because how do I sit in a room with people that are, that are mourning and crying, and they're like, you know, what's your role in this whole thing? Well, I checked in a couple of the hijackers and made sure they got on the flight. I might go weeks or months and everything would be just going along fine and then there'd be something that would trigger it. I was checking in somebody and what she said was, my husband got killed on September 11th. And what I heard was, you killed my husband on September 11th. You know, you don't really move past it, it's still always there in some form. But now, you know, I'm able to talk about it. I mean, I feel like in, in some ways I've, I really have come out of a shadow. And I'm, I'm back in the light now. That's Vaughn Alex. Um, and if you, Vaughn, if you happen to be listening to us, I, I it would be an honor to talk to you. Um, uh, please reach out. We're going to try to reach out and, and see if we can get a hold of him. Um, you know, I, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I, I can recall a story that is as big and profound as this, um, where I didn't even think of the people at the, at the counter checking in maybe in the, Maybe around that time, I, I might have in a passing thought thought, wow, how would it be if you were? But I never really thought how alone those people were in their grief. I mean, what are there? Three? Yeah. Uh, that is yeah. that no. is a very small support group. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, that's when you have a, you know, part of part of what goes on with a tragedy that's as big as this is that we can't conceive all of the, you know, ripples that come off of a tragedy like that. You know, there's a woman who came to uh, StoryCorps who was the last person on the last elevator down from the World Trade Center. The door was closing and she saw a friend and she said, hold that door. And he put his hand in the door and the door opened and she walked in and that was it. One second later, she would have, you know, she would have been dead. She actually came in with the guy who opened the door for her. So there's so many stories like that. And, you know, part of part of what we try and do it's so it's it's hard for you know there's the saying that you know uh 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 that that uh a, one death is a tragedy a thousand deaths is a you know is a is a is a statistic mm-hmm. um and what we try and do with story core is is remind people you know the the sanctity of of every single life and of every single story dave um, i i i can't thank you enough for what you're doing i mean it it is you know, when when societies begin to separate themselves and they no longer see themselves as one, um, those societies are are headed towards really bad things. And we've so demonized one another and we have isolated ourselves, even though we have connections like we've never had in the history of all mankind um, and we don't know each other and um Keeping our humanity is going to mean the difference between the horrors of what we know man can do uh, and the 
great things that we know man can do. And I think you're playing a big role in that. Well, you, you are too. You know, we, what, we, what we usually talk about when I come on is uh, one small step, which is this new effort of StoryCorps. You know, we've had 750,000 people who love each other come to StoryCorps. And with one small step, we're putting strangers across the political divide together. And, and your show has become the number one, number one referrer for conservatives in the country. Um, so this is where it starts. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about September 12th. I was in New York. And, you know, this has been talked about a lot, but it was a different world for a couple of days. Um, and we're not in that world anymore. You know, is this the country we want to leave for our kids where we see our neighbors as our most dangerous enemies? No. Who, you know, John Vigiano, did he vote for Trump? I did he know. vote for Biden? I don't know. Don't care. Does it matter? No. Don't care. So I hope I hope that people will continue. We have thousands of people on our waiting list now, thanks to you. Um, we're going to get through all of them. We're ramping up. Um, the idea is to have a conversation with someone who um, is on the opposite side of the political divide, not about your politics, but just about who you are as human beings so that we can begin to see each other again. Mother Teresa said we've forgotten that we belong to each other. Mm. Um, and we can, we, you know, either, either we keep going down the path we're going, um, and if that if that happens, the only thing we know for sure is it's not going to end well. Um, and there is another path. And I hope that your listeners will help us, um, you know, lead the country down that other path where it can be like September 12th, where we can begin to see each other again. And we can, you know, be the greatest country that we can possibly be. How do people reach out to you? Take one small step dot org. Um, come sign up, be a part of this, get to know uh, through a conversation over um, a secure uh, portal that goes to the Library of Congress, get to know someone on the on the opposite side of the political divides. Um, everybody who's done this has had a good experience. It always ends with people asking for the phone numbers of the people that they talk to. In fact, I have to say, the last time I was on, we played a story of a mother and her son, the yeah. kid, had Asperger's syndrome. Yeah. And afterwards, um, she is a newspaper columnist, and someone from your show reached out and said, I don't believe... Uh, I don't I don't agree with anything you say in politics, but we agree on the most important things in life, which is about how to raise a family and how to raise our children. I want to do a one small step recording with you. So hopefully next time I come on, they'll have. Oh, that. that'll be great. That. That'll be yeah. great. Dave, thank you so much. Take one small step dot org. Thank you. God bless. All right. It has been. Uh, it's been crazy talk. To say that the dollar was going to uh, uh, be devalued, that we would, you know, enter into some sort of inflationary period because we would just go crazy spending money and printing money. Uh, said it couldn't happen. Well, the inflation number just came out. Uh, the inflation number is now 8.3%. Now, that's uh, for uh, production inflation. So all the producers on what it's taking to produce in August, it is taking... 8.3% inflation, in, which is going to be passed on to you. So it's the leading indicator of what you're paying. Um, I'm telling you now, bad inflation is coming, and you're going you're gonna to be they're – they're moving towards a digital dollar. <laughs> and when that happens, you could take a 60 to 40% haircut. Um, it's happened before in America, and it's going to happen again, and it's not good. 
please protect yourself with an investment in something that is a collectible that is, you know, people, rich people are now buying cars, old cars and stuff because they don't believe in the value of the dollar. Um, I collect uh, coins. I collect a lot of stuff because I don't believe in the value of the dollar. One of the things that I collect and I think you should at least consider are the $5 gold Indian coins. Overwhelming interest. They're expend- extending their special on these coins and giving you a free silver maple flex bar and a free one ounce silver gold line branded bar, which each tube of Indian coins purchased. Please have something of value. 866 Gold Line. 866 Gold Line or goldline.com. 10 second station ID. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for um, listening to us and um, and participating and trying to be the answer and uh, not the cancer. And I know it's hard. I gave a speech last night here in Texas uh, to a few hundred people that had gathered to to uh, help raise money for Louis Gohmert, congressman from Texas, and. Um, you know, it's hard. People want solutions, and the solutions are really not easy. They're not easy. They're simple, but they are not easy. And because they are so simple, um, too many reject them or roll their eyes. But I'm telling you, just by reaching out and being charitable in any way that you can being kind to one another remembering what your mom taught you was right and what was wrong and not what this social media era is teaching you right and wrong Um, and i thank you so much for your prayers we need them uh, especially over the weekend for the nazarene fund please keep us in your prayers this is the Glenn Beck Program. So it's that time of the year where I, uh, you know, have beautiful, beautiful weather where we can cook outside and I can invite some of my oldest, dearest friends to come over to the house and and uh, have a, you know, barbecue. Um, so, and I'm, I might even invite Stu this time. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, maybe some of my dear friends are not around and I just have an extra couple of, you know, Vegetables. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it sounds like a, an enticing invite. Yeah, it does, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It does. It does. Yeah. It wasn't real. This is just for the radio. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but when I have all my friends together, we will have great food out on the Rectech. Rectech. Uh, I want you to a b compare these. If you are looking at any kind of a barbecue smoker grill, anything, um, I want you to look at a Rectech and a b compare. You will not believe, dollar for dollar, what you are going to get with a Rectech. There is no comparison. Smart grill technology built like a tank. Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. You can even make food for some of your off friends. It's Rectech.com. Thank you so much for that, Glenn. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. <laughs> Promo code is Glenn. To save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Uh, 
I remember... I remember September 11th, 2001. It was like a different time. I, I, at one point, we had all said, if you're my age, oh yeah, well, we'll do that in the year 2000. It seemed like a Marty McFly date that would never come. And I remember thinking, being there at the World Trade Center for the one-year anniversary, what would America be like on the 20th? This isn't what I imagined. I think this is maybe perhaps what a lot of American enemies imagined and hoped for. But just like on September 11th, we could get mad and get even, or we could be a blessing to others, the choice is ours to make. Today, on the eve of the 20th anniversary, as we feel like we are spiraling into chaos, let's not just remember September 11th, but let's recognize how fast our world can change by thinking about September 10th and who we can become by thinking of September 12th, 2001. Today, we take a couple of minutes to remember September 11th, 2001. Something weird is going on. Yeah. We, the World Trade Center is on fire. Oh my Seriously, goodness. the top it, of the building. We're trying to get information. Top level of one of the... ...is to unfold from New York City. A plane crash crashed. <gasps> Just... My sister's in that building. Okay. And I hope she's okay. And I gotta run to New York. Oh my God, it's complete First of all, calm down. We're... There's raining papers and uh, ashes and... Second plane is now 
have flown in. Wait, the explosion world. at the Pentagon? A third location on alert and outside of Washington. I don't have words to describe what I'm witnessing right now. Effective immediately until further notice. Flight operations in the national airspace system by United States civil aircraft and foreign civil and military aircraft are prohibited. Freedom itself was attacked this morning by a faceless coward. How can freedom will be defended? I need to go. September 11th, 2001. This is Glenn Beck. Dateline, New York. In one of the most audacious attacks ever, terrorists hijacked two airliners, crashed them into the World Trade Center in a coordinated series of blows today that brought down the twin 110-story towers. Thousands may be dead, 58,000 people work at the World Trade Center. She wanted me, I just wanted to let you know I love you, and I'm sorry, please hit the building or phone up. Yeah, and there's lots of smoke, and we just wanted you to know that I love you. One plane, United Flight 93, crashed north of Somerset County Airport, a small airport 80 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. United said that flight, Boeing 757, left Newark at 8.01, and entry San Francisco at 38 And we will not fail. The American Constitution. That is the news of this day. September 11th, 2001.
I can't believe it's been 20 years. My wife and I went together just a couple of days after the World Trade Center. It was still on fire, still smoldering. I saw all the things that we have seen on television. If they show it. I've worked at CNN and I've worked at Fox and those images are now locked deep into a vault and you need special permission to be able to run them on television. But I remember what it smelled like. I remember seeing the firefighters and the workers of the rubble coming out past the smoke and their faces covered in dirt and soot. It was still a time when we thought maybe there would, we'd find some survivors. But there's one part of the story that is etched into my memory that I realize now is the important part of the story. What we're seeing happening with our police officers and firefighters and everything else is a direct response. It's a pendulum swing. We gave our f police officers too much credit. Every police officer was the Lone Ranger. And now we have seen the pendulum come to the exact opposite side. Every police officer is a villain. Neither of those are true. Because every American isn't a hero. And every American isn't a villain. We're a mix of all of it. But it's times like that time then and this time now where people are given the opportunity to be who they could be. Life doesn't give us these opportunities. We've had several of them now in my lifetime. Where you have an opportunity to reassess your life and go, wait, who have I become? Am I... Am, have I turned into that guy that when I was young said I would never be like? Am I so jaded? Am I so just convinced that nothing will ever change that I don't strive for it anymore? Am I just too tired and I've sold out all the things that I believed in when I was young in life? The thing that I now remember and I believe is probably more important than all of the images that we have seen. As I was walking out, 
I had focused on the firefighters and the police officers and the rubble. But what lined the streets of lower Manhattan were food trucks, barbecue trucks from Oklahoma, from Louisiana, from Michigan. There were people that didn't, didn't know what they could do. They just knew they had something and they got into their cars. They didn't wait for permission. They didn't call ahead and say, hey, they just got in because they wanted to help. And they knew if they could, and that's the way the Lord wanted it, the doors would open up. You know the guy who stood on the back of the fire truck next to George W. Bush with bullhorn? Do you know he was a retired fireman? He wasn't a fireman. He was retired. He'd been retired for years. He was sitting on his couch when he watched it, and he decided, I've got to go and help. And his family said, what are you going to do? You can't do anything. What are you going to do? He had to talk his way in. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fireman. I'm just coming to help. He went to help, and he had no idea that his face was everywhere until he pulled into his house late that night, tired and exhausted, and everybody in the neighborhood was at his house. I think our government is counting America out. I think it is the most uninspiring time in American history. I really, truly believe we have the anti-JFK in office. He's not asking what we can do for our country. <laughs> They're not asking what we can do for our fellow man. They're asking nothing of us. So may I ask, if they're not asking, will you rededicate yourself to step to the plate? Will you ask yourself, what am I going to do? How can I help? How can I be part of the solution and not make things worse? Who can I reach out to? and heal the wounds of this broken nation with charity for all and malice toward none. A few years ago, uh, I started a, a business off the side with my uh, brother, and it was really kind of a personal passion thing because we both had really bad experiences with trying to sell our house. How do you even interview a real estate agent? I don't know. What makes them great? I don't know. Well, I was doing work with the 500 best real estate agents in the country, according to the Wall Street Journal, and I learned from them. And I know there, there are things that you look for. So what we did is we started a, com a company that could be a referral service for those kinds of agents, the best of the best, the ones who know how to get the most dollar for your house or the cheapest uh, price for the house you're moving into find those agents at realestateagentsitrust.com free to you realestateagentsitrust.com 
the Glenn Beck Program. Thank you so much uh, for listening. We have an unbelievable podcast that comes out tomorrow. If you're a Blaze subscriber, you can get it now. Uh, One I have waited three years for. It's the reason I started the podcast. Brett Weinstein finally said, yes, you don't want to miss this episode of the Glenn Beck Podcast. Available now at blazetv.com slash glenn or wherever you get your podcasts tomorrow.